Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, good afternoon and welcome. It's Tuesday. Here we start uh, my week anyway. Uh, I guess a great day for talk radio otherwise, because yesterday I was involved in a golf tournament that Justin Eves Foundation, our friend Ernie Eves, has this foundation that gives scholarships to kids with learning disabilities. And so we were out there at, uh, yeah, about 600 plus kids so far have been served over 23 years. And in 23 years of this tournament, that second Monday in September has always been perfect weather-wise. So what the deuce was happening yesterday, I have no idea. It was like the hypothermia classic when we were playing there. But, uh, man, oh, yes. Really, yes. yeah. Oh, man. I was thinking about you a day on the golf course with that crazy weather we had yesterday and cold and wet. That's nice, I you know, because I didn't give nary a thought to anybody at work here. Uh, right, I don't know on. why that is. So, well, we look. missed you. All right, all right, listen. <laughs> It's like old home week. Come on. But uh, it was one of those causes for which you, you you know, you withstand whatever the elements. I mean, that's a first world problem, obviously. Soldier <laughs> you know, so, on, on the golf course. Well, yeah, you've got four layers of shirts and sweaters and waterproof gear and everything like that. So uh, you almost felt like you were a Sherpa going somewhere into the upper Himalayas. But that being said, it was a good day for the charity notwithstanding the weather. It was a notwithstanding day yesterday, wasn't it? If I can say that. You know, it's funny. That's a word I maybe heard 12 times. Notwithstanding. Yeah, up until yesterday, and then it became a festival of notwithstanding. My, oh, my. What's been going on here? Uh, I don't know. Doug Ford, he's invoking the notwithstanding clause or is threatened to do so. <laughs> you know, I would say this could be the latest Nike ad. The hell with Colin Kaepernick. Doug, just do it. Uh, they want controversy? Go ahead. Take Doug Ford on. Put him into the mix. Just do it. Because this is one of those occasions where I think a lot of people understand viscerally. Uh, there is an obstructionist movement afoot. We've seen it, the so-called resistance. You're always going to have your naysayers and your people who are going to try to soft pedal things or try to stand in the way. And uh, at some point, you know, we've got to move on. I don't know if it's that I'm growing impatient. I just want to see stuff get done. And so uh, on this front... It seems to me like, for example, if we could use the notwithstanding clause to ensure that transit gets built in our lifetime, like a subway, a relief line, just do it. Ooh, uh, transit. Well, yeah, all these other things. There's uh, a lot of reasons. You know, blow up to Toronto community housing and affect another model. Just do it. And uh, I would say, yeah, if you got to use it notwithstanding. Now, I understand the context in which it's being used. We're going to discuss that in the course of the program. John Mascarin is going to join us after 5 o'clock. He's with Aaron Burles, the lawyers. He's a local government and municipal law lawyer. We'll also speak to Duff Conacher with Democracy Watch. Oh, and of course to you. And uh, our panel will <laughs> drill down on several of the aspects here. But you know, as I said, uh, with Ford, it appears that he's sincerely trying to circumvent obstructionism from the left. And if there's no other lesson that we've learned in uh, just recent examples where you've got, well, stateside, you can say as much as well with the left there, uh, they get very militant when they don't get their own way. And I would submit to you that this is another occasion, and yes, okay, so uh, if it were to go to appeal, you don't think they'd obstruct it at the higher court level again, just try to, you know, drag this thing out? 
the people who were the uh, lead plaintiffs in this case, this most recent court ruling where the judge upheld for them, uh, said as much. They're prepared to go to court again if the Ford government appeals the lower court ruling. That's Selwyn Peters, a lawyer for Rocco Ashenpong. <sighs> By the way, uh, I see where John Tory's getting some heat as well. And this is for <laughs> having, I guess, been somewhat, uh, well, Jennifer Keysman calls him duplicitous. That's one of the words that's been bandied about, uh, saying he's trying to play both ends against the middle. And his critics are saying these are uh, the people who are critical of John Tory on this. Oh, do you know he met Justin Trudeau as well? Justin Trudeau came to town. John Tory sat down with him. And uh, Trudeau weighed in, says he's not happy with what he's seeing, but nevertheless, he's not going to get involved. We're uh, disappointed by the uh, provincial governments uh, in Ontario's uh, choice to, to uh, invoke the notwithstanding clause, uh, but I won't be weighing in on the debate on how big Toronto Municipal Council should be. This is about the charter and uh, the values that underpin it. Mm, all right. Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, Tory and Trudeau sitting down... John Tory saying, this is according to the CBC anyway, he's pushing back as hard as he can on the council cuts. <laughs> and so he met with Justin Trudeau to express his concern with Ford's so-called disconcerting move. I love it. The two guys sitting down. They've never met a photo op they could resist. <laughs> so, you know, I guess vying for space, trying to, you know, muscle each other out on the couch for uh, front and center. Tory's called an emergency city council meeting for Thursday. But he's also vowing to work with Ford. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, in other words, you know, what's the point of purpose? Uh, this is just so meaningless. Uh, but it's all what? Going through the motions to look like they're really concerned. And, uh, you know, a lot of the hand wringing and clutching of pearls and all the rest of that. Tory says he'll, quote, stand up and speak out for Toronto. But he'll also listen to Ford if he calls. And he added he's confident he's handling the situation in the right way. And furthermore, he's flummoxed by the ferocity with which Doug Ford is pursuing the matter. I think that it is one of those things that he seems very determined to do, and with a determination, including the use of the notwithstanding clause, that I don't get. To have a clause that allows essentially one man, with the support of his majority government, or woman, if, the, if it was a woman who was premier, to override the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and this is the case for the first time in the history of Ontario that we're going to do that? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard to believe, John, but there's somebody decisive who's actually going about uh, effecting some action, whether you like it or no. I mean, that may be, uh, well, obviously you don't, but he's doing it. He's taking, I guess, under advisement that Nike ad, just do it. Again, uh, what was the old saying there? I guess it was with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, even if it does uh, lead to... Believe in something. Oh, believe even in... Even if it means sacrificing everything. Well, there you go. That's, well, that's Doug Ford, isn't it? He's believing in something. Even if it means sacrificing he, everything. I don't he know. took that ad very seriously. Well, he did. It obviously made an impression on the man and uh, took it to, to heart. And within the span of a week, I'd be surprised if he's not wearing Nike shoes with his blue suit right now. Uh, so there you have it. Look, I don't know where Tory lands in this one at the end of the day. Keys Matt's pillaring him for somehow being duplicitous. Uh, the prime minister and he were sharing a photo op earlier this morning. Tory was paying lip service to pushing back and doing all he can, and he's calling an emergency city council meeting for Thursday. But if Ford uh, goes ahead and invokes an notwithstanding clause, it seems to me, based on what I've heard and read from folks in the know, uh, it's all a moot point. So is it, again, just you know, going through the motions for the sake of looking 
like you're being proactive or doing something or who knows what, uh, fulfilling an obligation to look mayoral. It's kind of, I don't know. Keys Matt slamming Tory saying he was a passenger in a position of leadership. Well, that's the downside of it that, uh, you know, she's making political hay out of this or attempting to anyway. I don't know that we have much choice going forward when you look at the landscape for the big municipal election upcoming, October 22nd. Looks like a real Hobson's choice, doesn't it? Take whatever you can get. Uh, this is not something that I'm very much encouraged by, but uh, nonetheless, Doug Ford did weigh in. He think, says he thinks the mayor is being duplicitous, but that, after all, is not shocking to him. There's no surprise that uh, John would say one thing, that he knows it's dysfunctional. He's told me that personally. Uh, and uh, then, then out of the other side of his mouth, he's saying, oh, it's, it's the way he did it. Well, we, we did this. Uh, we've given them 90 days. 90 days in our, our provincial election, uh, the writ dropped, and we had 30 days. So there's, there's you know, a little bit of contradiction coming out of, out of uh, John Tory's mouth, but that, that doesn't surprise me in the least. All right, 90 days. I'm going to see that you'll be back home in... Oh, okay. Nice. Sort of channeling Ronnie Hawkins there for a second. I love when you sing. <laughs> Is that I what do. I was doing? I do. Okay, well, obviously you're very confused. I was not singing. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Some approximation may be as good as it's going to get. But look, uh, to me, it's one of those deals where I guess I've lost the patience. Or maybe it's just a time of year. It's uh, something that you know, is never going to uh, get accomplished if we have to wait another four years. And if this one had to go through the court system on appeal, uh, we would miss the window of opportunity, meaning past the 22nd of October, which means the bill effectively dies. And therefore, we're stuck for another four years with the same jabronis, as the man once said. And so nothing ever gets done down at City Hall. Those of us who have been paying attention, if you see this as being effective democracy in action, you have not been paying attention. It just, it's stasis is what it is. And that's why I'm saying, having lost the patience, I want to see some movement. And if movement comes about as a result from this, quote, extraordinary measure, end quote, and it does lend itself to the question of whether or not, if there is a further obstruction down the road and impediments to getting things done, and uh, I know sometimes democracy can be phlegmatic, slow, you know, not moving to a pace we'd all like, uh, you, you kind of have to wait it out. But let's be honest, I think we've all come to the conclusion, or at least many of us have, that there are many obstructionist uh, steps being put in place to uh, deter folks like Doug Ford from pursuing his agenda. He was given this mandate, a clear mandate, to get in there and mop things up, and it's going to be a gargantuan task. It's the Aegean stables. As a matter of fact, when the numbers come out, because they've got a series of auditors who are looking into this, including the Auditor General, I think people are going to be disheartened, demoralized, and surprised, shockingly so, by how bad the books are. And uh, when we hear that and we get that information, you might say to yourself, we, we have to happen, we have to make things happen post-haste that uh, will straighten or correct this listing ship of state. And to me, I don't know, this is just symbolic of what's going on as far as that's concerned. It's one of the opening salvos. Am I wrong? We'll find out. I'm going to open the lines on that note. Jerry Diaz is going to join us here shortly as well because there's a story out of Newfoundland where they've got, Unifor has decided to name and shame some of these people who are crossing the picket line of their members, or at least the picket line uh, set up by their members, at an aerospace company based out of the United States. And uh, the posting is called Meet the Scabs. 
Sounds like the premise of a reality show or a bad movie, doesn't it? But uh, we'll talk to Diaz on that and the resumption of the NAFTA talks as well. That got underway again in Washington, and we'll see if anything is going to come out of that uh, now that Christian Freeland has uh, gotten back to uh, to Washington. They've resumed. It's a question of whether or not it's going to be milk marketing or supply management on the table as a bargaining chip. Uh, Mr. Diaz will get in here at the bottom of the hour. Sue Ann Levy as well. She'll have more to say on the uh, matter surrounding municipal council, the cutback on the number of councillors, uh, also John Tory's meeting with Justin Trudeau, and uh, some other stories that she's following, including the special interest groups that are propping up the city councillors who are trying to hang on for dear life and hoping that, uh, against hope it seems, that council will be retained as a 47 member entity going forward uh she'll have all of that and more lou two before the top of the hour on this note though first order of business i wasn't here yesterday as uh it was fresh off the press so i'd like to talk about it with you if you believe that doug ford is invoking the notwithstanding clause because uh there is obstructionism the resistance as the modus operandi of the left and uh, otherwise we'd be shilly and shally and back and forth for umpteen who knows how long and nothing will get done so do you support that gambit on his part, or do you think it's in some way subverting the democratic will, uh, notwithstanding, of course, that he was elected by a majority? Uh, these are some of the questions we'll have for our legal panel a little later in the program. Right now, I'm asking you, 870-6400, 870-6400, star 640 on cell.